0: done its part. let Him in my life my heart. Love done its part. Now let Him in my life my
1: heart. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today, and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness.
2: Jonathan, and I'm here with Lee. Lee, how are you? I'm good, Jonathan. And just listeners so you'll know, um, Lee did not eat James Earl Jones. Uh, He's just (laughs) been having some allergy stuff going on lately. It's that time of year when it gets to the end of the year, first of the new year here in South Texas. Mountain Cedar. Oh man, Mountain Cedar hits and everybody's voice drops an octave. But, you know, uh, Lee is a trooper. He's going to press through it. and, And I'm glad too, because I'm kind of excited of what we're going to talk about because this is a huge topic that I think doesn't actually get addressed very much in overall like addiction recovery, and that is this idea of what you're calling coming home. So why don't you just share with our listeners kind of what... Cause you want to talk about this and then maybe where we're going to go on this topic of kind of family restoration. And how do you, how does a couple deal with these things? What's the whole coming home process look like? Not simply recovery from behavior and addiction. Sure.
0: Well, the, yeah, the amazing thing is, is working a lot. I mean, I, I, I think it's uh God's given me a special advantage to get to work with both husbands and wives. Mm hmm. And um, so in that process, a lot of times you get to see both sides of the same story. And what kind of brought this up was just that whole idea that once a husband, in whatever way that happens, gets healing, whether it's by attending a gateway or, you know, he, he comes to himself and realizes, wow, there's some things here I need to look at. And then he goes to her and kind of dumps the whole story at her feet. And she goes through the trauma and the, all the pain of having to hear it. Then there seems to be that process where he feels better and he begins to do his his time of healing and begins to recover. And And as she sees him recovering, she also sees that he begins to want to take on some of the old roles that he used to have in the family that maybe he gave up over his time of addiction. Maybe he never had the roles. Maybe Mm -hmm. he just sees that God's leading him to that direction. And yet she's in a place of saying, wait a minute, you forfeited those roles. You're not in those roles right now because you weren't here. You exited. You were on the computer. You were doing your thing. You weren't part of it. So I don't know how to trust you now. So it's kind of that, I call it coming home because it's a it's it's such an interesting play on words cuz coming home can be a great thing and him getting healing and seeing how he's changing but coming home can also be a very upsetting thing with the whole system of things because hey this you've not really been a part of this picture for a long time because of your addiction.
2: And when you're talking about some of these roles uh as you as you put it that way I mean in my mind I'm getting in I'm getting sort of the picture of let's say let's say previously There was either uh, an abandonment or just never even an engagement of leadership or uh, any sort of initiation on his part towards her, towards the family, towards spiritual growth, towards finance. I mean, it could be anything. There's just sort of an abdication of his responsibility in terms of being part of the household. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when I, and I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of what you're talking about with roles. And then, then sort of there's this waking up or this awakening to the, the cause, which is the guy has completely wrapped himself around himself and his addiction. And then when he's realizing that and starting to get help for that, what you're, what I'm hearing you say is there's a, like a toppling of the apple cart right? and, and. and, because what's been established before, because I think sometimes uh, people don't realize this, it's not that just the a person getting into recovery, and let's say this husband getting into recovery, all of a sudden there's, oh, wow, so this is how kind of things have worked. No, this has probably been going on for a long while. Sure. That there's been this absence in him taking any sort of initiation or leadership towards being responsible in his family. Right. And and so there's probably been systems in place for quite a while where this wife has just picked up the slack. And you know what? I want to just I want to say a little aside here to the wives out there who are listening. Listen, I I have the utmost respect for for the wives out there who just it's almost like it's in their nature to just fill gaps. It's like, hey he's not gonna do it and they just fill in it. I mean it's unbelievable to me how many how much strength and resolve and responsibility that a lot of wives will take that never was theirs to begin with. And yet because they see a need, they step in and get the job done. And so on that front, I want to commend wives for filling in the gaps that were left by this husband who doesn't want to take responsibility or initiate. Now there's the challenge then of when recovery starts to happen of a wife who said, but this is all I've known.
0: Right. And it's, it's my safe place, too, because yeah. as long as I do it, I know it gets done the way it needs to get done. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the place where coming home can get a little sticky. Um, there's also places in there that have to be worked out. I mean, of course, we know there's the whole recovery from trauma on the wife's part. Oh, I mean, absolutely, and, you yeah. Know, she's just heard what's happened. Of course, she's not going to trust. Of course, she's going to be afraid. She's not going to know what to think about what's real and what's not real, so trying to and I don't even know that most men are ready to take over those roles immediately but I mean it usually happens within the first year year and a half that a man begins to get some recovery and he begins to try to take some of those roles back
2: and it, that's and that's part of the challenge too is that um there's sometimes a false assumption on, on both parties um uh in in the in the sense that they think because there's been some sobriety and that things are starting to clean up on the behavioral side of the addiction, that somehow magically this husband now knows how to engage those roles of leadership and initiation responsibility. And sometimes that's a false assumption on both parties. The husband thinks, Hey, I'm cleaned up and, and yet he tries to step into these roles and he goes, I'm completely unfamiliar to, how, how, to sure. le- how to initiate, how to take responsibility. And then the wife, she also has the assumption, well, he should just do this and then wonders, why, why can't he do this? Right. You know, e- even if right. she's willing to give up some of those roles that she's taken on.
0: Sure. Or in the, even on the other side of the coin, sometimes he is fully ready because he's been there before, but he got lost in his addiction and now he's back. And so he's trying to yank the reins out of her hand, and she's like, wait a minute, I don't know that I can mm-hmm. trust that. So that's kind of a ride that both both parties have to kind of get used to trying to maneuver, because how do I get through this when I don't really trust that he will take it and do it right? And yet on the same token with the man, how does how do I take this when she's refusing to give it to me?
2: Yeah. Okay, so give us the answer. <laughs> well, I, I think the
0: answer is is a process. I think it is— yeah. I think it's beginning to talk, and I and I know that that's you know, a hard thing for, for couples in recovery is to even think, well, we don't even talk yet. But to begin to get to the place where talking leads somewhere, you know, I'm not trying to yank this rain out of your hand, but I want us to start allowing me to take a role in some of this stuff. And it may be that the wife is even coming and saying, you know, I need you to take a role in this, in in this. I need you to have some leadership here. Um, You know, all the main, the three main biggies, sex, you know, finances and children. I mean, you know, you can back away from that because you get caught up in your, you know, porn in the back, Mm -hmm. you know, the computer room. But at some point, you know, when you come back, the wife is going to want or sometimes need you to re- reclaim that place again. And starting to talk about that is a great place to start.
2: And I was going to say, I think that's a, that's a great principle for any couple. Sure. You know, it's not just a recovery thing, because as you're saying that, I'm thinking, man, I know of a lot of what you might even consider pretty healthy couples, that's a great word, because it seems like we get so uh, territorial, in our emotions, sure. in, our, in our whatever our perception is of the happy family or whatever, that when somebody, when, when our spouse begins to talk to us, if it starts encroaching on any of those territories that we get protective about, man, next thing you know, it's like a fight is right. on. And, it's, and that's even heightened even more, I think, for a couple that's gone through the devastation of infidelity or pornography or something like that Sure, because there's already lines drawn because of that. Very sure. painful wounds that are a result of that, and so everything can feel like you're taking my, you're taking my safety blanket, That's or you're right. taking my, you know, you're taking my toys, the things that I've, I've clung to, right. to cope. You're, you're taking them. And instead, if they start to have a mentality that says, "No, we're just talking about these things. Let's put everything out on the table. Talk about it. We don't have to draw lines yet. You know, it's right. like let's just talk about it."
0: Sure. And begin asking expectations. I think, uh, you know, somebody said one time, if you have no expectations, you have no disappointments. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, we all have expectations. So we're always going to have disappointments. But you have to ask yourself and each other, you know, what do you expect from me in this? And and especially, I mean, I want to talk to the husbands out there because especially as you begin to feel, and hopefully you will at some point, Hopefully you begin to feel that that need, that urge to begin to take back your role. You can't just run up to her and yank it from her hands and say, this is mine mine." It's mine. That's right. Exactly. You have to say, "Okay, how do we transition this back? And we got to have some conversations about this because, you know, you see yourself a different way than she sees you. You see yourself as, I'm he- getting healing, I've come a long way, look at all the things I've done, look at how much work I've done, and look at how much better I feel and how much more pure I am today. She's looking at you and saying, okay, I see some of that, but how do I know it's real? How do I know you're trustworthy? How do I know you're not going to screw up again? And so she's not going to be so willing to hand back the rain until she knows that there's some some foundations re- reestablished
2: and even though even though the reality is that um, relationships will always the healthiest relationships will always have a risk factor involved in them right because the bottom line is neither party can give the other an absolute ironclad guarantee that they won 't disappoint them absolutely I'm sorry listeners that 's the truth but scary truth but. but I do think that we can grow in trustworthiness that we can that there can be evidence over this course of recovery that this person is doing what they say they're doing becoming who they say they are you know and and in that sense i think you can in some ways you don't eliminate risk but you can lessen the sure. risk because you're realizing well there's sort of this growing mountain of evidence that who he says he is is who he is. Who what he's doing is right. is who, what he's doing. You know, and so that can be helpful. And I want the husbands to hear that because sure. sometimes you're just you're looking at a very short window of time, and you say, "But look, over the last two months, all these fantastic things I've done." And she's right. gone. But what about the last twenty years? Sure. And
0: how do I trust the last two months over the versus last the twenty, 20 years?
2: years? Yeah. And so part of it is a patience that thing. That's why I really appreciate you saying it's a journey because there's not sorry, listeners, there's not the three step cure to your right. coming home. But if you can see it as a journey, then I think you can start to see that there might be mile markers along the way that can give you a, your bearings on are we headed in the right direction. Because sure. one of the things you said that I want you to uh, expound on a little bit is you said we need to be talking like we're talking towards something, talking like with direction in mind. Can you help us understand what you meant by that as far as like cuz what the picture I got is it's like we want to start aiming our talking. Sure. Not just, you know, shot, you know, blasting our talking out there.
0: Well, because directing your talking, you got to stay on the place where you're really directing it because in this thing you all, you know, we know it most couples will understand it that you're talking can get off track very quickly back to old hurts and old pain and old mistrusts and all these things that have happened. And one thing starts talking about how are we going to handle our 12 year old and how he's doing in school. And I want to take a role in that. And yet the next thing you know, we're talking about how you know many prostitutes you slept with and how I hate your guts and the before I know it, I'm done
2: and, and the never and always starts coming right. out and yeah.
0: And so directing it, is saying okay we can we can talk about that if you're hurting we may need to table it and put it on somewhere for later but right now i just want to talk about just roles just taking that topic and saying okay how do we how do we focus on roles and and the other thing is 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 knowing that this is a bumpy ride i mean people think well if if we're not arguing we must we have we must have a pretty good marriage I'm telling you, argue. That arguing <laughs> means you have a good marriage. If you keep talking,
2: you know what? I just have to say this because as soon as you said that, I need to share. And and hopefully Elaine won't kill me for this, but um, she shared a note with me. We with me one time, and it was one of the most special notes I've ever gotten. Because part of that note, she says she she said that I'm a passionate man, and she started listing out how how sometimes how my passion affects our relationship sometimes. And we always think of passion in terms of like, well, it's all positive, right? Right. And she was saying, she was actually making the comment, you know, we argue because we're two passionate individuals. Sure. And she was actually pointing that out as a value. Amen. That because we're passionate, and we don't, we certainly don't believe that just because you're not arguing, you don't, that you have a great relationship. We've actually... We the sparks fly all the time in our house, but we resolve them and we come back and realize we know each other a little bit better. That's right.
0: And that's the that's the whole key to arguing is arguing. Well, arguing with mm-hmm. the purpose, not letting it go until you figure out what you're going to do about it, because, you know, this is a hard place. I mean, yeah. it's a you know, I mean, we've learned that, you know, guess what? You know, there isn't always a. a a straight line from A to B on regards to loving and trusting and not being afraid. You're going to have fear in your life. You're going to have things that knock you off course. But it's it's getting back on course that's the, the the key, and it's working hard to get back on course. And sometimes that's going to mean some arguing. So if you direct your conversation to where we want to be, you know, how do I talk about what I want? I want to be the head of our home again, Okay guess what you're not right now mm-hmm. okay that's a reality okay well then let's talk about how i can get there what are things that you think i can do to get me to that place
2: and that's a hard conversation because it's unfortunate but there are a lot of guys out there even in recovery who are who are moving in the right direction but they have falsely assumed that their genitalia is what defines whether or not they're the head of the home. Sure. And defines that
0: they receive respect in that home. Yeah.
2: And and there there are gross distortions of scripture that a lot of pastors and men have used to try to make it what it is not. Right. You know, in terms of, you know, there's like, well, as Christ is the head of the church, you know, as man as as man is head of the woman, so Christ is the head of the church. Look at that, I'm the head of and it's like whoa, time out, look at how Christ serves the church. Right. Look at how Christ laid his life down for the church. Look at how Christ loved the church. Right. Christ then, did not defile the church. He did right. not betray her. He, you know, He's faithful to her. So right. there's a lot of qualities in there that are the reason that we are called to be the head of our wives. Sure,
0: and I will respect you as you love me well. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is that sometimes we don't want to love well, we don't know how, but we want to jump to the respect part. And yeah. part of regaining your throne in your own home, being the king of your own castle, means reestablishing some idea of of trust, of establishing that your wife can trust you, that you're a trustworthy person. And I don't mean just trustworthy with your sexuality. I mean trustworthy with how you treat her, trustworthy with how you meet her needs and how you address her and all of those things.
2: Well, and I want to share, too, and I want to get your feedback on this. Um, you know, as, as we're talking about roles, one thing that I've seen happen a lot in couples who are trying to recovery, recover is that it's very easy for them to slip into being focused on their spouse's role. Instead of being totally focused and intent on their own role. Sure. And I think what, what tends to happen is, you know, uh, a husband, for instance, will look at a wife and say, Well, you're to be respectful of me and all this kind of stuff. And what is he doing? He is not focused at all on what God's called him to do because right. there's nowhere in Scripture where you're going to find that God tells husbands to evaluate and judge their wife's role. Absolutely. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. And so this is something that Elaine really helped me see. She looked at me one day and she said, Jonathan, do you realize that God's calling me to respect and submit to you really has nothing to do with you? She Amen. says it's way easier when you're being a respectable person, Person, mm-hmm. but she's like, God's called me to focus on my role. And it hit me. I thought, there are many times I'm looking at her and seeing how, evaluating how she's doing on her role, and the whole time God is whispering in my ear, sometimes shouting in my ear and saying, Look at yourself. Look at the plank in your eye and deal with your role. And think about how much faster couples will heal in this coming home process will really get momentum if a husband will look at his role, a wife will look at her role, and begin to do what God's called them to do as a husband and a wife. Sure. And and to add to
0: that, looking at each role and then realizing, you know what, it's going to take faith for you to get there. You're not Absolutely, going to do this yeah. overnight because, you know, a wife is going to want to say, no way in heck am I going to allow this to happen again. And a husband's going to go, I'm going to demand that it happens because I'm better and look at how great I am doing now. And it's a faith journey to say, you know what, guess what? We're not there yet. I don't know how to release the reins, but I want to get there. I see that my husband should have a role in this family that's his. And then a wife has to ask herself, and I, I throw this out there for wives, a wife has to ask herself, do I really want this role anymore? If I really could trust him, would I want him to have this role back? Because it's it's very tiring. Mm-hmm. It's not a role I want to carry. I'd rather be the mom and not have to be the mom and the dad and not have to, to make all these decisions I'd rather be able to release some of this to him. And so how do I get to the place, Lord, if you've brought him home to me, how do I get to the place of trusting him? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I, I can almost feel that our listeners would want to hear maybe just a few like talking tips, what are some like, and maybe even, I don't want, I don't want you to share all your, you know, secrets of counseling right. and everything, but like if a couple is in your office, how do you begin them to engage this process or like help them to see how they can talk when they're out of your office? Are there some things that you try to guide them into that say, you know, watch out for these pitfalls. These are some helpful things to get the conversation flowing or, or is, I mean, how do you generally try to help a couple with just Getting them to talk, right? And and what are the things that they're looking for that are saying, oh, we need to go this direction, or whoa, we need to take a break. We're right. going the wrong direction.
0: Well, I think I think first first of all is trying to establish some some good open guidelines for communication, which is you know don't bring up the past. We're not talking about the past right now. If you've been hurt in the past or somebody's upset, still about the past set aside some time to say, hey, I really need to keep talking about this. I still hold some feelings of hurt. I'm still bitter about it. I'm still resentful. I want to walk through that. That's a great thing to be able to say, let's stay away from that particular piece of a puzzle. Mm -hmm. I think also to set up some guidelines, like you said earlier, of always and never. I mean, I know people laugh at that. Oh, yeah, always and never. But it's an amazing thing when you keep that out of the conversation because when I say you never do anything or you always make me angry, that just puts somebody on an immediate defense because then they never do anything right or they're always a screw-up. And, and I think if you can really concentrate on taking those two things, those two words out of your, your, your vocabulary with regards to your communication –
2: and don't just put almost in front of it. That's right. You almost always, always Yeah, That's no, right. it's the same thing. That's right.
0: I think those two are great things. I think uh I think another great tip is to allow each other to be heard. I mean I sometimes ask uh couples to do what I call use a talking stick or a talking object, something that you hang on to that says, Okay, I get my three minutes and as long as I'm holding this, you know, stuffed teddy bear or whatever it is and in and when when I'm done in my three minutes, I'll hand it to you, and that way I don't interrupt you, because we have a hard time when we argue, not wanting to jump in with our, you know, it's kind of like that thing, if I'm already thinking of what I'm going to tell you and, re, and rebuttal of your discussion before you even get finished, and so I'm already wanting to jump in and say, wait a minute, I didn't do that, or wait a minute, that's not true, and mm-hmm and i think if you can really hold back and say okay i'm going to give you your your 3 minutes and then i want mine those are helpful things as well i think defining roles is also very helpful i mean what is it that i need from you what is it that i want to be a part of well i need you to be a part of taking care of the kids again i'm i'm really hurt that after this last 5 years of you being off and your porn you know you just kind of checked out on the kids and so i've been bathing them at nights so i've been getting them ready for bed i need you back again mm-hmm. you know that's pretty clear communication you may not agree that you've checked out but it's okay to talk about that but you still have to listen that maybe i have somewhere along the way not been there as much as i used to be
2: mm-hmm. and i've also heard that it it can be helpful sometimes especially when you're talking about some of these things to to um when you're trying to share something that's that's difficult to make, I feel statements, you know, rather than the you sure. you you statements, and that's a difficult thing to do because it's so easy to get into the again. I'm focused on you, and you're the one that did this, and right. Well, you never, you know, and next thing you know, you're you're spiraling, and right. and this it, it'll it sounds counterintuitive, but I really think this idea of focusing on my role, and in in a lot of ways, focusing on my feelings. You can actually improve communication. Sure. It sounds weird because it's saying, well, isn't that sort of self centered and self focused? And it's like, well, think about the best conversations you've had where you really feel like you're connecting with the person. What are they doing? They're sharing with you their heart, right, their feelings. I mean, the, the closest I've felt to my wife is not when she's saying a whole bunch of things about me, because what, what I'm thinking in my mind is, uh, you got about 60% right there. Right. Because she's not. She's not in me. Right? Like right. She, doesn't, she doesn't think all my right. thoughts. Right. All she's but watching you know is your
0: perception.
2: But when she will pour out her heart right. to me, even if it's painful, even if it's got tears attached to it, guess what? I'm, I'm drawn in. I'm able to get closer to her because then, then I can share with her my feelings right. about that. And so it's counterintuitive, folks, but I think if you will focus on those things and say what, what, are, what is the role I need to be about and what are the feelings that I need to share? Absolutely. And not as, a, not as ammunition or as you know combative or anything, but it's, it's kind of amazing how that happens. You've probably seen it in counseling.
0: Absolutely. I've seen it in my own marriage. Yeah. You know, when we come to somebody soft-hearted and telling somebody how we feel versus you, you, you statements and you, you, you ideals, then all of a sudden you get nothing but defensiveness in return. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. I do want to say at the end here, as we've been talking about couples, we have a Journey to Joy coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming up February 1st through the 3rd. And uh, we would love to have any wives who'd like to come. It's a great place for wives to share their story, to get some healing. It's not, uh, it's not a real intense weekend. It's really more of a healing weekend just for wives to be able to share. And we do some teaching time on what sexual addiction is, what sexual addiction isn't, and uh, really helping wives. So if you'd like to uh, register, you can go to www.journeytojoy.org. And that'll help give you some information on the one that's coming up February first through the third,
2: yeah, and i just I just want to piggyback that and say it's just that is a great resource for wives. I mean we've been talking about coming home, and a lot of times just even that phrase creates a ton of fear in a wife, and Absolutely. this is a great place that you can go that you can you can be touched by lives of women who've gone through what, you've gone, what you're going through. And so it's a great way to just plug in, get some great insights, just rest um, and, and get the healing that you need so that as this journey continues, uh, you can have more clarity about how this coming home process should look. That's right.
1: We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings ministry are listener supported and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today.
0: let my life my heart. love
2: done its part. Let him leave.